OTB Rugby. And uh, if everyone in Ireland's a wee bit worried, well, you've got yourselves to blame because it's your fault because it's what you did to them uh, in July last year that poked the bear properly. You know that. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from off the ball. Yeah, that was Matthew Toomey. Little, little known fact: Tim Clancy's actually a very good hurler. Or at least you, you played a bit anyway. I wouldn't say very good, Johnny. Um, a defensive corner forward would be my <laughs> position. <laughs> Where did you play? Is this an app boy, is it? or uh, Kiltail. Down uh, just outside Trim there. So, um. You were playing when you were draw the manager, weren't you? You were like doing bits in the summer and that. Like, you, yeah. yeah. Rocking well, up for... Whatever they're stuck. Yeah. Mm. The juniors now. No one so, near the seniors. So it's interesting because we're, we're speaking to Sarah about like trying to get camogie sold. Like, you have kids as well. Like So... In your part of the world, what are they likely to... I know one of your daughters has gotten into horse and that, but what are they likely to be introduced to, locally, I suppose, in Mead? Um, listen, I think uh, Trim's got uh, unbelievable facilities in the GEA club. Um, I'd say it's one of the best in the country for a club team. It's it's remarkable uh, setup they have up there. and um, They're strong, obviously, GEA connections in, in Mead and... Kiltail, where we were living for, for five years there, where the kids go to school, is, is just all hurling and camogie. There's no uh, football wow. in the little village, so um, I think you play Friday Dunsany or Manalvi um, in the football if you're if you're from Kiltail. So that area, um, I think they had a few there in the in the intermediate uh, All Ireland final there on Sunday mm. as well from the club as well. So um, yeah, there's it's just a good chance you'll end up if you're, if you're definitely from Kiltail, you'll definitely be playing hurling or camogie. See, see, you're you're a kid, right? Facilities got to matter, right? So and I, I I was. I was actually delighted with the Icelandic lads who went to Oriel last week and said, what did they call it? Like, they don't, a pigsty. A pigsty. And they're like, the, the, the pitch is a disgrace, they were saying, notwithstanding. And you're looking at, like, Breidablik, who are, like, third in Iceland or whatever, and Shamrock Rovers go over there. I wasn't there, but by all accounts, really, really modern facilities, sports kind of facilities. And I don't know, Tim, in this country, we're so far behind, not only in, in football, but so many sports. And you're like, we've so much money in this country, we can't seem to get our facilities right. No, I think even if you look at there's a, a huge project for um, Park Talton and in, in, in Mead and a lot of the clubs as well would be probably the same, haven't been touched football or um, GEA in, in the last maybe 15, 20, 30 years even. Um, I think the League of Ireland, we've, we've, we've banged that drum enough now that the facilities are the main thing that we have to try and improve. And, um, facilities not, or training facilities? All facilities. Yeah. All facilities and I know... Um, uh, managers will prioritise um, training facilities and also others will, will probably uh, higher up will, will prioritise this, this stadia but I think uh, as soon as both improve massively um, and that's only going to help with, with government funding um, you'll see probably a better product for we should, ask yeah, a, we very, a very very personal question before Dan gets in what football have you been watching since you uh, left the role in Inchigore? Have you been watching? Uh, you learned, are you? Yeah, no, I watch, I watch a game most weekends. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll have the um, LOI TV on if I don't go. I've been to Trotter a few times uh, to Bowes against Rovers. Um, bit of a bandwagon jumper like yourself there, Johnny. Only big games to go to. But, uh, <laughs> that's not to be fair, true. that's a bit harsh on Johnny. He no, doesn't, he doesn't go to games at all. <laughs> um, but like the, the so the like the Irish players now, like the likes of you know, you're looking at the Southampton situation, and like, will you start engrossing yourself now in all the kind of the English and Scottish games as well with this massive Irish interest? Well, uh, particularly at championship level, I suppose. Yeah, I think last weekend you've seen uh, probably a good bulk of our players getting the first game of the season in the in the championship and SPL or whatever else. So um, yeah, taking a, a good few games, the ones that are on the telly and mm. the ones you can get access to. So 
Um, I watched a bit of the Cardiff and Leeds game and Callum O'Dowd was doing really well at left back and fortunately they let in a few late goals or whatever, the late goal that, that cost them the point. But um, yeah, it's, it's good that actually football's back and you can see that... Um, well, sorry, football in the UK is back. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. see that the, the, the buzz about the place again and a lot of the, the Irish players are, are getting going again now. Because I know I, I chatted to you briefly last week about uh, Chilozzi Ogbené, who you played against, who's gone to play Premier League football this year. And I know you would have worked with Luke McNally, who Johnny likes to bring up in the show maybe every 30 minutes or so. Um, but it, like he's gone on loan now to Stoke. And I just wonder, like from your experience of like spending a lot of your career in the UK as a player and then seeing players here and knowing what it takes that like I think it's funny I think there's a there's a correlation you always spoke about Luke about how athletically he's very good Ogbeni you spoke about playing against him when he was what 18, 19 and you could see his athleticism is that almost the number one thing we're looking at with some of our Irish players now in terms of making that transition to the UK and, and seeing the ones that you know can can hopefully make it over there I think that's where um, football's going. Yeah, I think if, you, if, if I've spoke to Owen Doyle about it quite a bit as well, and Doyle was flying in the SPL and flying in League One and League Two level, and then when he stepped up to the Championship, he said it's just a little bit different. Where mm. they're all physically very, very good. Um, I'd say it probably is the first thing that someone asks you as soon as they, 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 they what's this player like, and then the next question will be how big is he? Athletic, quick, mm. and it sort of goes down that route, and then. I think to be um, playing at that level and not be athletic, you have to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think the ones like Ogbeni, who's, who left, he was at Cork, obviously he's a young lad, and went to Limerick, they get game time, and I played against him, and he was, he was athletically very, very good. And, yeah. Um, he's he kicked on again. Ogbeni. Yeah. Yeah, that's mad when you think about when it. When he was uh, at Limerick, when I was at Braid mm. last season, I was there, so, and then you'll see the likes of Luke and uh, young lads like that as well and I think that's why uh, I spoke so very highly of Adam Murphy as well I was just going to say yeah, people, athletically very very good because people will ask you because at, at St Pat's boss you worked with Adam Murphy with Sam Curtis even with Mason Melia sort of laterally who is like you know he's 15 so it's insane but he still is on everyone's radar but they are the attributes you, are, you have to be looking at yeah but I think Mason's probably ticked a, a box already at 15 that um don't have to worry about his size. He's he's a big kid. He's probably six foot one. Yeah. Um, he's he's athletically very good, and he's he's obviously going to grow and be stronger. Um, so he, clubs don't have to worry about signing potential. Going is he going to be physically big enough? Because Mason will develop into um, a very very strong young man, and uh, ability wise, he's, he's exceptional. You see what he's done at Pats, and obviously Big Dint. He's given him his debut, and he's scored a couple of goals um, this season. So. Yeah, it, it, I think it's a it's a question mark that clubs will have. They're investing money as are they physically going to be able to be, to be good enough? And when you have someone like Evan Ferguson, probably four years ago when, when yeah. I signed him, he was physically already already capable of playing men's football. And um, I think Mason takes the same box there. Mead's Evan Ferguson, of course. You know, yeah. there wasn't too many Mead lads playing over in the UK oh. for a while, and like he's he sort of killed you all now, hasn't he? Really, Evan. No, he's eight lads as well. So, uh, yeah, Jamie, Jamie McGrath. McGrath you've yeah. got uh, yeah. Daryl Lennon. Daryl Lennon. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of them now. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, it 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 must be weird watching if you watch Pats or if you watch watch them in Europe, and it must be it just must be strange. What's that been like? Because say their European performances against Dudelange, they obviously got away with it a bit in the first leg great moments in the second leg but I was thinking you would have set them up a bit differently because you, were, you, would, you, you would have been a maybe I was thinking Pats in Europe last year or the Pats in Europe this year you're different managers now yeah listen I don't, I don't think 
the results would have been any different with, really? with, with me there. Like, uh, yeah, listen, I might have maybe looked at something different, but didn't he had a big say when, when I was there as yeah. well and so on? Um, he has them absolutely flying. They're flying in the league, the Great form that they're on. So mm. um, I think he'll be a little bit disappointed in the European game. Um, the goals they gave up were probably ones that, as a manager, you can't allow for. Like, you, you can't sort of be on the pitch and make decisions for players. And I know. Uh, the second leg, I only, only got the second half of the second leg, and um, when Adam Murphy scored, I thought there was only going to be one team that was Same going to want to win yeah. it. And then, uh, listen, there was a poor decision by um, a centre back to play straight into the midfield, and then to compound that, he flew in and tried to win the ball back, and they go in and get the goal and sort of killed the momentum of the, the game Pat's had. So This is John Daly you're talking about, just if you're uh, not aware of who Dinty is. John Daly took over from Tim, but the, I suppose there's been a lot of focus on the European performances, um, and I love how John Daly went with a lot of young players in Europe and gave them experience. Some of them reveled in it, some of them learned from it. Shamrock Rovers didn't really have that option or didn't use that option, and it was really, really limp, in fairness. we got to say they scored one goal over the whole European campaign, and that was a penalty. Yeah, but like again, we're looking at uh, individual results this season and saying, right, where, where did it go wrong and what went wrong with Pats? And I think Doodlelang were in the group stage twice in the last four years, so they're a good. They weren't team. a bad side, yeah. They're a good team. Like um, both teams that that Rovers played, like right, to, to to get the um, first round of the Champions League once. It's a tough game to to play, and when you lose that, you get Ferenc Varas in the second round. Um, or your next European game and um, I think they were in the group stage last year um, and they're a good good team like so and you see the setup when you when you go over and you're looking at the game on the telly and there's a 25,000 seater stadium and it's it's a big big club so I think we've probably been spoiled for last year it was an exceptional year in Europe because I think Sligo won a lot of games under Rustler and we got through to the third qualifying round Rovers got to the group stage so it was a really good year Um and then obviously you're only left now with Derry in the third qualifying round this year so you're going to have that once a uh, picture overall for the for a I suppose take over a five maybe ten year period um, looks more positive um, you know you're going the right way then I mean Derry when you think about it, the Derry City story I know you have uh, you have strong links in Belfast Tim and uh the prospect of Derry playing on Windsor Park now is if you haven't if you haven't heard one. this is absolutely class. Yeah. So when I when I heard in like when in, in the second uh, half of the game when Derry looked like they might go through a basket case, such an enjoyable game in Finland. I was onto a Derry fan. And he's like, they're not going to be able to play this in Brandywell, and I was like, they got to play it in Windsor. And he's like, no, it's going to be Tala. I was like, Windsor would be unbelievable. It may happen. This would be so yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, and again, you wouldn't think that would have been the case. Well, the reason why they're in the League of Ireland is probably because of the trouble there was maybe mm. 30 years ago when they were playing in the North or 40 years ago whenever it was so. 40 to 50 now really yeah. 19, well it was 1972 when they left the Irish League mm. because 50 years the, ago, the, yeah, the so. clubs the clubs the other clubs in the Irish League wouldn't they voted against going to play in the Brandywell yeah. um, on account of their security concerns and so Derry did try and get back in a couple of times subsequently and again the feeling was you know the clubs wouldn't go and play in the Brandywell and clearly there's a whole issue of how you know Derry's relationship with Belfast and you know the whole mm-hmm. the issue there so like I remember when Derry played Linfield in 2006 in a Santa Cup tie and how big even that was for Derry to go and play a competitive game there but um, 
for Derry to host the game there effectively to, to actually you know for What's team from Kazakhstan situation? to go there and like the, this is you know should be, you, you watch a game from afar like that team that Dog played last week um, KA they were actually playing a couple of hours away from their home ground mm-hmm. but to us and they were like you're at the Dock were playing away against KA in their home pitch you know my people around the world might be looking at oh, Derry are playing on their there's their home ground you know in Windsor Park I mean it's it's extraordinary. Like you it's know, you such could, a cool. Like the first time though. I was in Windsor Park, you go in and like into one of the the function rooms there, and there's uh, the Queen. There's, there's a yeah, big portrait of the, of the Queen the King there, now, of course. And yeah, yeah, and uh, and Terry playing there. I mean, it would be an incredible thing to happen. I I remember my my uh, first experience in Windsor was going to watch. I think Cork City were playing there, and. I got a lift back. It was the day that um, the smoking ban was introduced in Northern Ireland, I remember. And I was on the Shankill um, because the Linfield fans had laid out... Linfield had laid out this kind of um, reception for the Cork fans. And I remember getting a lift back into town with a busload of Linfield fans that I'd never met before. And I was meeting a kid from County Down, a Catholic kid. And I remember when he saw the bus arriving, he was like kind of what the hell is this? And it has moved on so much, I think, since then. Yeah, I think if you look at it, uh, Pat Fennan had a, had a stint up there again as director of football and a lot of the players in the in their academy teams now are coming from um, Catholic areas. Um, I think Pat's gone on record in saying that the, the setup that Linfield have is, is phenomenal. Um, my nephew actually plays there as well. Um, and he's doing quite well. And Who's he playing with? He plays for Linfield's, uh, I think it's 15s or 16s. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's over in. Where's he uh, from? He's from well, he's from the Short Strand. Is where where's that from? He's, he's, so. he's a Short Strand kid playing with Linfield's underage. Well, his dad's from there. Yeah, he's living in over in I think it's uh, I think the Antrim Road area now. So cool. um, yeah, but there's loads of loads of the kids and this is pro- a big probably, deal. Like, this but it probably goes deal. it probably goes now that they, they get treated really really well there because um, Linfield see that there's a there's a massive talent pool in in in, in all areas and. Mm. I suppose to keep the, the Catholic kids they probably treat them really really well and might prioritise signing them and um, and kids in their own area because they know the kids in their own area will, will sign there anyway I'm sorry Tim look so, at the facilities look at Windsor Park yeah, no, you want to yeah. play like it's such a cool ground and like Dan the crowd that Derry could get there imagine like the interested onlookers type because um, I was up um, I don't know if you were at the game Linfield Carabag a couple of years ago Steve O'Donnell was with me at the game remember and there was such a buzz that night in the ground but outside the ground there were like I remember there were like UVF flags oh yeah no. so it's like this is the heartland of loyalists what is it South Belfast um, so there's a lot going on here no no this is a sort of a news story game as much as anything and particularly um, if it happens similar, well, if it happens it's it's in UEFA UEFA have to decide but it does seem like all the various associations are fine with it which is progress in itself I think there may be so, an issue that the Kazakh players are trying to get Irish passports and blah 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 anyway well, it could be the, yeah, well that's the thing Like, it's actually can be, well, uh, the Derry did benefit in the previous yeah. round from a <laughs> couple of African players not being able to and I did look at the uh, the, the top all squad they do have a, an African striker so I don't know maybe it suits if it's in <laughs> Belfast but it is bad, like, like, the, the bigger point Tim I suppose is, is for Derry to try and keep the tie alive to bring it home I mean they could have been playing Basel and I think there would have been a sense of a Basel that you know get end of the road all of a sudden you're playing a team that okay they're clearly good because they've beaten Basel but it doesn't seem as intimidating on paper and like Derry have good European experience running through their dressing room now that everyone seems to be fit I mean what do you I don't know what, it's, it's, it's hard to say without knowing much about the opposition but what do you think about their prospects yeah, but that, that could also play into the hands of um, 
probably expectation levels of Shamrock Rovers uh, oh they should be in the group stage every year now because of how well they did the last year yeah. so because this team on paper maybe isn't as good as Basel um, people are saying oh well they've got a good chance of winning so um, yeah, I've spoke to Higgy um, briefly about them and he says listen they're, they're a very good team they press uh, very yeah, heavily press aggressively so um, yeah again you're, you're going to go into the game and listen if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're going through this round um it's going to have to be, a, as you said, there. Bring bring the game back to to Windsor or whatever. Well, team, it is, so if, you're, if you're playing, so if you're managing, so if you're Rory Higgins in that situation, and you're going away from home, and you're playing against a team that you know is going to press really heavily against you, how do you try and approach it then with Derry with the personnel you have? Like, what are you thinking then? How do you do you do you try and go a little bit more direct at times, or what way? What instructions are you giving to your players in that scenario? Well, there's, there's, there's multiple ways you can do it. Um, obviously, you have to. You have to, without seeing them, you have to see what type of um, players they have, and if 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 they're athletic in the middle of the pitch, or if the centre halves are not the most mobile or whatever. I'd, I'd imagine as you're saying that you could beat the press and hit Cavan up top if you wanted to go with a big man who holds the ball yeah. in very well, and then just get your legs like Mickey Duffy and um, other ones off him. Um, well, listen, Higgy's done done exceptionally well. Um, this season, and last season as well. In fairness, look at look at Kavanaugh's role last week. Was a bit part player. Graydon he brought in, who then was sold, and they were they weren't they weren't at all concerned from that game in Finland. They really did approach it, trying to score goals. Like, yeah, and I think if if you look at that, um, Keen Kavanaugh was in the first division, obviously with Waterford, and um, Graydon was in the first division with Longford, mm. and, and Higgy's brought them into um, a team that's challenging, winning cups, and uh, challenging the top of the league, and. Um, it's brave and you can see that obviously it's one of the things that Rory's very good at is, is spotting a player that will um, fit into his system and do well in his teams and um, that's why the, the young boy McMullen I think it is that's coming yeah, on the way and great signing. looks very very good and it's always the, the, the sign of a good signing is um, Stephen Kenny was excellent at Dundalk when he lost Horgan he brings in Mickey Duffy and when he lost I think it was someone else he brought in another like I think he, Andy Boy left and Vemlin or whatever his name was came yeah, in. Yeah, he was a good player. And he brought in players yeah. when he lost good players. Yeah, I think uh, Richie Towell left and yeah, then McIlhenny came in. So yeah. there was a transition that nobody ever spoke about the player that, that left, and that's where Stephen was unbelievable at Dundalk. And it looks like Higgy's got that as well. At, but before at before we wrap up, Ben, there has been a lot of soul searching about the sort of indifferent results, or whatever. And Derry are flying the flag, but the the point has been made like we are losing a lot of players because that's just the way it is. Now you can lose you can lose the likes of Curtis, who may go obviously in Amelia or whatever, but it's that tier of players then who are going to League One. So. <sighs> How do we sort of make make up the gap then and, and get the transfer fees in or, or at least have the players coming through? Because Shamrock Rovers seemed to be in a bit of no man's, man's land in Europe this year where none of their players were coming through from the academy, but they lost lines in Manroyo and they couldn't cope, if that makes sense. Yes, it's very hard. Rovers are the best academy in the country, but it's very hard to get into Shamrock Rovers' first team because they are so good. Um, and it's brilliant bringing academy players through and having a pathway there, but they have to be good enough to get into... Stephen Bradley's team and they haven't got to a group stage and won three league titles in a row um, for no reason it's because they've got exceptional players like if you're a, a young attacking midfielder at Shamrock Rovers in the, in, in the academy you have to get rid of Jack Byrne and um, Richie Towell and Graham Burke and Liam Burke now he sees gets his first goal after his injury the other day like, so Rovers, Rovers have a lot of exceptionally good players but yeah you want um, you want a pathway for kids and I know what you're saying is uh, get better transfer fees in. I think they have to have a blanket uh, agreement across the league to. to you would, uh, you would advocate that. Well, the sell-on uh, or uh, get-out clauses and contracts. I think if 
every club in the league says no we're not doing them um, and everyone has to stick for it like, and then you'll get better better transfers for our players Dan yeah well I think the only issue with that is that players then will just not sign longer term contracts mm. and try and go and freeze but there still is compensation that comes with that that is if you're going to decent clubs that's compensation is substantial enough now I think like some clubs individually are not doing them anymore like Bowes aren't doing them Cork aren't doing them um, but but I suppose representatives will find a way to try and get round it um, but yeah know. 100% they will but um, we can't cry about transfer fees if if, uh, if clubs are putting the clauses in and I can yeah. understand that if you want to get a player like a smaller team to compete with Rovers or one of the bigger teams and they can't do it financially they can they can say listen we let them go for, for cheaper um, but until that's out of the game I think it's 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 going to be the same for transfer fees and as you're saying losing players to Lincolns and, and League One clubs Kev, Kev Doherty's obviously been a long time ally of yours what did you make of the situation where he was seemingly just tapped up by Cork? Uh, listen I'm not surprised I think I think right now he's, he's the manager of the year um, I think what he's doing at Drott it's, it's remarkable Um They've got Andrew Wogan, a 17-year-old in, in goals. I'm not too, uh, too sure how many other um, managers in the Premier Division will play a 17-year-old. Mm. Manny Adebiega playing centre-back and he's got to move to, to Norwich. Um, it's just year after year, Kev's churning out uh, results and overperforming to what he should be. But they've got a very, very good squad and um, I'm not surprised the court came calling and I'm also not surprised that Kev turned it down because I think things are probably changing dynamic in the background and um, he probably sees uh, maybe next season will be a bit different there Sadly we're running out of time but uh, two of the lads you, the lieutenants you brought in are absolutely thriving as managers so you're a good judge of a good judge of a football brain You'd love to be my assistant if I get another job wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> where are you going? That's my job last question wants, yeah. where, where, where is Big Tim? The, the next one is the big one The Linfield job would ever come up but that's the one for you <laughs> Well listen probably play our home games in Derry don't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are, are you actively pursuing future gainful meaningful employment? Uh, listen I look to see if there's something that comes up and if, if a club I'll apply for things that um, I'd be interested in and if, if, if they'd be Willing enough to give me a, give me another go, I'd be delighted to get back in. So we will just have to sit and sit and wait and see if that comes up. Are you patient? Like, are, are you sort of getting antsy now? It's a, I'm sure you get out of it at first, and it's great to get a little bit of a break. But yeah, well, it, it was the first time I was out of football for for 21 years since I left school. Really, apart from an injury I had at uh, St Johnson before like I came back mad. to Ireland. So yeah, it is. You get first few weeks is grand, and then. She starts giving more and more jobs around the house. So Shawneen. Yeah, I'm desperate yeah. now to get myself another club. Sean, does Shawneen want you to get a new club now? Is she like... I, the, the time any, any job now at this any stage. Any job. Like, to get. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been good. Because um, the reality of the League of Ireland shift, so you, 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 had a, you had a night shift, wasn't it? Um, when you were drawing match, it always reminded me of like third Simpsons and final Simpsons reference of the day. When Homer had two jobs and the door in the quickie mark was just hitting his head and he couldn't wake up, he was that tired. And I was always thinking of you, like Tim Clancy, just like trying to think of tactics and the door is just hitting his head. Yeah, listen, I'm not the only person that, that works two jobs or whatever. Ever, so mm. um, yeah, that was just the reality of us back. Uh, to it was a night shift. It, so it was a night shift, yeah. But um, yeah, that was a good. That was three years ago or something. So um, yeah, listen, you do what you have to do. Thanks for coming in. Oh, well, Johnny. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.